Thanks for joining us for today's message. Our mission here at Plum Creek is to help you experience intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. Our hope is that what you hear today will impact and challenge you to love God and the people around you in a whole new way. We'd encourage you to check us out online at PlumCreekOnline.com to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we might have for you or for your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through our website, PlumCreekOnline.com slash give or via text. Just text any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. Thanks again for joining us today. So today we're beginning a new series that we're calling Gray Matter. So much in life seems to either be clearly black or white, but there are times uh, when things have worked their way into the way that we think and even sometimes into the way that we speak that uh, are not as black and white as we might think they are. They are. Maybe sometimes some things that we believe have a biblical foundation or even biblical truth actually aren't even in the Bible at all. And so that's what this series is about. We're going to take some, some things that have been commonplace in our minds and in our culture today, and we're going to unpack them a little bit to make sure that we understand uh, where truth lies and where uh, lies lie. How about that? So what we want to do today is take a look at, at those things. So we're going to jump right in. Chances are pretty good that you or someone you know, someone you love, is in one of three uh, situations. In the middle of a difficult time of life, coming out of a difficult time of life, or heading into a difficult time of life. Happy Mother's Day, right? You're like, Doug, what are you talking about, right? Uh, but I think this is appropriate for moms, because moms put up with quite a bit. That's not very encouraging, but many of you would say, you know what, that kind of seems pretty close to reality, seems close to truth. We've all been through hard times or have good friends that have been through hard times. And if you're like me, sometimes, you know, you like to offer little nuggets of advice, support, uh, to be able to be an encouragement to those that are going through difficult times. And sometimes you like to hear those things as well. Sometimes you even feel pressure to say the right thing to someone that's navigating a difficult circumstance. But I think sometimes we say things that we haven't really thought through, and could it be true that some of the things we might say, um, or some of the things that you've heard, are not true at all? And they actually have no biblical foundation, but we believe that somehow they might. That's what this four-week series is about, is we're going to tackle some of these common myths. So this weekend, we're going to look at one that I think has worked its way into the way that you have probably tried to encourage someone, or the way that you have been encouraged um, and, and inevitably, when life seems to be spiraling out of control and you're overwhelmed and it could be lots of reasons, financial stuff, relational stuff, uh, physical stuff, uh, depression, whatever, um, when you've gone through those types of circumstances, inevitably what happens when you're feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, some well-intentioned Christ follower comes up to you and says something very stupid. Have you ever had that happen? Of course. Have you ever said anything very stupid? Like nobody, yeah, we all have. Let me give you a couple examples. Annoying Christian advice. Uh, you're pulling your hair out because you can't take it anymore and someone comes up to you and they say, okay, okay, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Because when God, and that's how you have to say it, when God closes a door, he always opens a, a window, a window, right? Like, what does that mean? When he closes a door, he opens a window. I mean, look at me, look at me. Not in the Bible, okay? Not in there, not in there. Don't say that anymore. That is not in the Bible. 
Or perhaps someone comes up to you and you're going through a difficult time, you're at wit's end, and they say, well, just remember, just remember. God helps those who help themselves. Is that in the Bible? Look at me. No, no, that is not in the Bible. That is really not even close to being true. Or this is the one we want to talk about today. They come up to you when you're enduring a difficult season of life and they'll say something like this to you and maybe you've said this too. Remember, remember, God will never give you more than you can handle, right? Have you ever heard that one before? Have you ever said that before? Yeah, of course we have. Uh, God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm going to sit down now because it's time to get serious. The Bible does not say that. It does not say that at all. This should be good news to all of us that have ever gone through a difficult season of life. Maybe you've been at the breaking point, and uh, if you haven't been there, you will, and you're going through that tough time, and you're exhausted, and someone comes up to you, and they say, don't worry. God will never give you more than you can handle, and you're thinking, he already has, right? It's incredibly encouraging, actually, to give that very sound, unbiblical advice, right? Because if you're going through a tough time and you're at wit's end and you feel like you can't take any more and someone tells you God will never give you more than you can handle and you feel like you've got more than you can handle, you're like, what are you talking about? Apparently, we have a different God. Or worse yet, you may even feel which is highly encouraging when you're going through a tough time. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, God is not paying attention to my stuff. And then we begin to realize that this unbiblical advice is not good advice at all. Where would this come from? When you add this to the mix, sometimes it can seem too much. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I believe this belief comes from a misunderstanding or a misquote of a very powerful verse of Scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. And I want you to follow along with me closely because it's uh, very important that we not have this confusion any longer. So let me share with you what this verse says that I believe has somehow worked its way into this idea that God wouldn't give us more than we can handle. It says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. Thank God that he is. He will not let you be, and read that word. Can you read it out loud? Tempted. You need to see that. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. When we look at this passage of scripture closely, we can see that he is not saying at all that we will not ever have to go something, through something that is more than we can handle, but he does say that we, that we will never be tempted beyond what we can bear. Very, very different. Scripture never says that, that you won't endure more than you can handle. In fact, let me just say that if you've said that, you're probably communicating in some way a lack of actually reading Scripture. Can I tell you why? If you read scripture, what you'll realize very quickly is that the bulk of the stories in scripture are about people who got more than they could handle. Let me give you a couple examples. Maybe you've heard the story of Abraham. Overwhelming. Just read it. Just read the story of Abraham. Multiple times. More than he could handle on his own. If that's not enough, read the story of Joseph. 
If you've not read the story of Joseph, it seems like every time you turn the page, you're like, oh dear God, how could it get worse? Or maybe you've read uh, about Gideon. Or how about Esther? Esther has to risk her life to go before the king. That seems like more than you could handle on your own. And Moses, oh dear Lord, read his story. Leading the whole nation. Or how about Job? Have you read that one? You think you don't get more than you can handle? Read his story, and it's absolutely overwhelming. You'll be crying for Job that he had to go through what he went through. Or King Saul, or maybe even King David, reading their stories. King David said this in Psalm 38, uh, verses 4, and then a couple of verses down in verse 8. He said, my guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. Then he says this, listen, I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. That seems pretty intense to me. If you fast forward to the New Testament, in Mark chapter 14, Jesus is describing the depth of emotion. This is Jesus, the Son of God, that he was going through more than he could handle. Listen to the way that he describes it. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed, and he told them, look at this in verse 34, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Wow. In fact, today, for those of you that are under the weight and the pressure, and your life right now feels like you don't have what it takes to continue forward, I want to show you today, and I want you to take good notes, because remember, you're either in the middle of it, heading out of it, or heading into it at some point in your life, a tough time. I want you to take some notes today, and I'm going to share with you a couple of reasons why God would allow you to have more than you can handle, okay? So we can understand this with fresh eyes and accurate understanding of Scripture. The first reason that God would allow you to have more than you can handle is this, that you need to learn to depend on his presence, to depend on his presence. He wants to teach us to depend on his presence. Now, for example, I wonder how many times in your life when there has been a season of smooth sailing, when life seems to be going well, when, when there isn't this kind of emotion of challenge and difficulty, it's, it's in those seasons that it seems as though Uh, we actually are more prone to forget about him. That that we just really, if we acknowledge God at all during those seasons of just kind of smooth sailing, that it's more a prayer that says, just God help it keep going like it is. And the contrary, the flip side of that is when things do get challenging and things get difficult. And it might be at a place where you feel like you you have endured or are enduring difficult times that you can't handle on your own, that you really seek the face of God at an entirely different level. It's even sometimes in those moments where we're enduring the, the difficult when we make promises to him, right? Have you ever been there before? Oh God, I'll go to Africa if you'll just get me out of this, right? We've all made promises to God, calling out to him when we're in distress, so you might want to write this down. We need him during our time or during our distress and often overlook him in our success. You might want to write that down. So when things seem to be going well, we kind of overlook him. And when things are tough, we tend to seek him. In my distress, I call to the Lord. Here's a challenge for some people. Um, and I think that this is big for us today. 
that all too often we don't stay as intentional as we should in our relationship with God. And because of that, you don't really know his true character. You don't understand his love for you. You don't understand really who he is. And then when difficult times come, you're calling out to a God you don't even know. I think it would be wise for me and for you to prioritize our relationship with him well so that when the tough times come, we're prepared. We're prepared. It gives us a different perspective entirely. So our main thought today is this. Never let the storms of life cause you to doubt God. Don't let the storms of life cause you to doubt God. You might want to write that one down. I see every now and again the the winds will blow and the waves will crash and you need to be on solid foundation when the tough times come. Don't Don't let the storms of life cause you to doubt God. I want to read to you a passage of scripture and you might want to write this one down, especially for those of you that are personally going through a difficult season of life right now or if you have a loved one or a dear friend that's going through a tough time in your life right now. You want to write this verse down, and I want to read it to you, and then I want to talk about it for just a second. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. It's a powerful passage of Scripture that says this. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. And look at this. For the Lord your God will personally go before you, ahead of you, and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. You might want to write that one down and circle it if you're going through a tough time. How many of you uh, would say this? I really would desperately love to know and pray the will of God. Just raise your hand if you would say that. And, and, and how many times have there been in your life, in my life, those moments where you're like, gosh, I hope I'm praying the will of God. Have you ever been there before? I'm going to teach you something today that I think is vitally important that will help you to go to another place in your walk with God that maybe you haven't gone before And if you've never done this before, I want to challenge you to do this because I can tell you today how to absolutely know for sure that you're praying the will of God. Does that intrigue you? Would you like to know how to do that? All right, look at this verse. If you're going through a difficult time, this is how you can know that you're praying the will of God. If you will pray Scripture. If you will pray Scripture... You're praying the will of God. So how would that work? Let's just say you're going through a tough time or someone you love is going through a tough time and you're gonna be reminded of this verse that we just looked at in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and you're gonna see these words that you have in front of you today and you're gonna pray this prayer. So you're either praying it for yourself or you're praying this for a friend of yours. Lord, will you please, through your strength, help me to be strong and courageous. I am overwhelmed in my life and I desperately need your help. Will you please help me to not be afraid? God, will you help me not to panic? As I walk through this challenge, Lord, will you please remind me that you will personally go ahead of me, that you will neither neither fail me nor abandon me. That's powerful. Now, you could probably spend an hour praying that prayer if you slowed it down. Ask the voice of God to speak to you while you're praying. As you're praying through that particular passage of Scripture, which you know is the will of God, um, He'll speak to your heart. I know He will. I would encourage you that as you're spending, this is why it's so important to read the Word of God as well, that while you're reading the Word of God, a lot of you 
will be reading electronically these days, I do. Um, and so one of the things that you could do is cut and paste anytime you find a verse that you would like to integrate into your prayer time. So you just have another file, you have another like, piece of paper that's a resource for you when you're praying, and you cut this verse because you just read it, and you stick it in your prayer file. And then when you're spending time praying, you can pull out those verses that you have been noticing have powerful truth in them, much like this one here is another one. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Again, powerful passage of scripture. When you're feeling all alone, this is a good verse to be reminded of. It's a good verse for you to pray, and you're praying truth. You're praying the word of God over your life and over your circumstances or over a friend's circumstance. God, please, as I call on you, help me to be reminded that you are near to me. Very powerful thing to pray. Some of you right now may be going through a difficult time. There's a storm in your life. And instead of wondering why God is allowing this to happen, you're going to remember to call on him. And you're going to remember to seek him with all of your heart. As a matter of fact, Jesus says this when he was teaching in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said this to you and to me. Inevitably, we're going to go through hard times. Jesus says this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So again, this would be a great verse for you to pray. Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I am weary. I am carrying heavy burdens, and sometimes they're burdens for other people, and I just need you to give me good rest. For someone going through a tough time that can't sleep at night, that'd be a good one to pray. Give it, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. His presence is beautiful. And sometimes in our most challenging times of life, we're more aware of his presence. So why would God allow us to have more than we can handle to depend on his presence? But then second of all, to also experience his power. Experience his power. Now I know it's Mother's Day, but I want to talk to the guys for just a second. Guys, we live in this crazy world, and uh, this world has communicated to you and me that if we're real men and we're tough, that we can handle it on our own, right? It's kind of what's been communicated to us. All right, look at me for a second. Garbage, garbage. Nobody's that tough, nobody's that strong. Stop pretending you're not. Moms, can I talk to you for a second? You can handle a lot. I am so impressed with what moms are able to endure. And if you pay attention, men and children, you will be overwhelmed at the capacity of a mom to endure and to be able to handle the difficulties and the challenges of life. I remember uh, one time coming home and our four kids were all young at the time. You know, our three boys, they're all basically a year apart. Megan's a couple years after that and they're scurrying about the house and, excuse me, Beth is running to keep up with them 24-7. And I came home and you, you perhaps have seen this look in your wife's eyes, guys, or in your mom's eyes before when you come home, there's this like, thank God you're home, right? Are you okay? No. What do you need to get out of here, right? Beth had that look on her eyes and she communicated that to me and I'm like, well, you better go then. You better go, right? Because it's not always... Very often that you see that kind of desperation in in a mom's eyes, but it was clear she needed some adult conversation 
and she needed me to take over for the kids. For me, oftentimes coming home, that's a thrill, right? You got the day-to-day grind and it's just all kinds of craziness and problems and circumstance situation. When I came home, it's like fun time for me because it was time to like, like WWF in my house when we come home. It's like time to wrestle and, and uh, crazy times. Great. Um, but for a mom that fights that battle every day, all day long, that's a big deal. Now, I'm going to give you something that's worth your time for being here today, guys, especially those of you that have, um, that have young children and your wife is doing a great job raising them. Can I tell you something I learned early on? I had asked Beth shortly after that experience that we had where she was so overwhelmed, is there something I can do? What, what do you need? What, how can I help you? And she said this, if you could just give me one day every week, the same day every week, where I know that you're going to come home and take over, that would help me make it through the week. I was like, does it? She said, yeah. So then he has a guy, you got to make sure that you get home on time, that you cook dinner, so you get the kids ready for bed, you get them bathed, you do their book reading and their prayer, and then you clean up after that, right? Don't sit down and, you know, watch Sports Center for the 50 millionth time. Clean up so that when your wife comes home, you've given her a gift of a night away without having to come back to more responsibilities because you slacked. <laughs> um, it, was, it was great for Beth, and, and uh, this is great for me too, right? I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just try it. Just try it, okay? Just try it. I know some of you are like, is he allowed to say that at church? Listen, listen to me. If we don't talk real, you're going to be in trouble. It's biblical. it's biblical, right? And I have a license, so it's great. All right, so let me show you this passage of Scripture. Um, That will help us to understand this reason that God would allow us to have more than we can handle, that we would experience his power. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. You might want to write this down again. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He's speaking of God's grace and, more importantly, God's power at work in him. And listen to what he says here. This This fits exactly what we're talking about. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, speaking of God's communication to him. My power, God's power, works best in weakness. So now listen to what Paul says. This is powerful. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Not what guy does that, but look why. So that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. Now look what he says here. This is so powerful. For when I am weak, then I am, and what's the word? Strong. strong, strong. So we can see God's power at work in us. Can I just challenge you with this thought? If you think that you can navigate through life's challenges alone, you're wrong. And I can't imagine anything more foolish for me to do. I can't think of anything more foolish for you to do than to try and power through it. As a matter, a matter of fact, I think that's a little too egotistical. You're giving yourself way too much credit. You were never intended to make it through the tough times without God's help. And some of you, I know your stories. I know what you're going through right now. And you're at wit's end. And you're trying hard to power through it in your own strength. Please listen to me. Stop. Don't try. Don't try. Because if you had available to you the most incredible power that this whole world knows, wouldn't you want to deploy that on your behalf? 
Of course you would. Of course you would. So when you are weak, then you are strong. Just this week, I was <clears throat> spending some time with a, a Plum Creek friend of mine. We were driving in his car. I was sitting in the back seat because the car was full. And um, I looked up, and in his river mirror, he had still written the word that he had been given a couple of years ago. You remember, for those of you that have been here for a while, that uh, at the beginning of the year, two years ago, we prayed that God would give us a word for the year. And his word was rely. And he had written it on his rear mirror. And so I was like, bro, is that your word from a couple of years ago? He's like, yeah, it is. I was like, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I still need to be reminded. He said, I also like it because when I'm driving with somebody that doesn't, has never seen it before, they always ask me about it and I get to talk about why that word is on that mirror and I get to talk about the Lord. And he texted me last night after I'd asked him that question earlier this week and he was in the, uh, the service last night and he said, rely. He said, that's it, Doug. What you talked about today is it. I have to have that word up there because I can't handle the challenges of life. But my God can. My God can. And I just want to be reminded of that. And then um, just a few minutes later, literally a few minutes later, my phone hit again. And it was a, another Plum Creeker who, who I know personally. And some of you know their story, Travis and Jen Kramer. If you, if you haven't followed their story, you should. They've already... Adopted one child from the Congo. Little Bailey runs around here often. She's cute as a button. She's awesome. And they really knew that the Lord was calling them to adopt again. And so they went through the process. And even a couple of weeks ago when the weather was so bad, they fought through the snowstorm to drive. Um, I think it was to Texas, but I could be wrong. Uh, to be there for the birth of this child that they, had been, that they had been paired with. Only to walk through that entire situation and have the birth bomb decide to keep the baby. So they've been walking through this really, really challenging time. And, and he texted me last night. He said, Doug, thank you for your reminder. This has been a really, really challenging time for Jenny and I. And um, we know that ultimately God has a plan. And I have allowed my attention to be fixed on him more than ever before in my life. And I am drawn to his word more than any time in my life. And right now, I feel so close to the Lord. It's a great example of what we're talking about today, that sometimes life will bring us more than we can handle. But the truth and the reality is that it's in those moments that his presence and his power become known to us in a completely different way. And we're able to endure the challenging times differently than if we didn't have God in our life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the verse part of that verse, it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And it's that same passage of Scripture that a few verses later in verse 28 says, and we know, and we've talked about this before, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Can you bow your head for just a moment? Lord, we thank you. We thank you that your presence and your power are real. And we've all gotten some pretty bad advice over the years. There's been times where we have even said some things that are not true, like this one we're talking about today, that God would never give us more than we can handle. And we just know that's not true. Lord, what we do know today is that you are right there with us. And when it feels like we can't take any more, your power is available to us to be able to continue through. 
So Lord, whether we're in the middle of a storm right now or we have a friend that is or maybe we're heading into that or we're heading out of that, Lord, will you remind us of these truths that we've talked about today? And I just want to pause for a second. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe this was for you today because you're facing some really tough times. If that's you today and you're like, Doug, man, I really needed to hear this today. And every service, it's been a little overwhelming to see the response. But would you just keep your head bowed, stick your hand up, because I'd like to pray specifically for you today. Yeah. A lot of tough stuff. Thanks, you guys. Absolutely. Okay, you can put them down. Father, I don't know all of these circumstances. I do know some. Uh, Father, I ask that you would allow your presence and your power to be real. Help us to run to you and not run from you. Help us to learn today to not try and navigate these tough times without your help. Because, Lord, ultimately we know none of us are strong enough to do that. Um, It just seems wise today, Lord, for each of those that have raised their hand to take full advantage of your power that is available to us. Lord, will you comfort hearts today? I also realize that in a crowd this size there might be somebody that's here today that has been trying to navigate through the challenges of life and you know you've never made a decision to accept Christ as your personal Savior and you know today that you need to stop trying to do this on your own and have Him be part of your life. And if that's you and you've never made a decision to accept Christ before, everybody again's heads bowed and eyes are closed, would you just raise your hand real quick because I would love to see you and walk you through a little prayer. Anybody? Okay. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Okay, yeah, you bet, bud. Just pray with me. Lord, I know I need you. Uh, I don't want to try and walk through life uh, in my own strength and in my own power. I know that I need you in my life. I know that I've sinned and I've fallen short of your perfect standard. I thank you for what you've done on the cross, and today I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask you to help me to understand what it means to allow you to be in control of my life and to be the power that I lean on to make it through. Lord, let your presence be real to me and help me to truly understand what it means to follow you and for you to be the Lord of my life. We love you, Father. In your name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me today, we'd like to get some materials and some information into your hands. There's two ways that you can get that as you leave today. If you would like to uh, grab those materials out in the connection corner, you can do that. Or you could text the word FAITH to 40650, 40650, and that'll initiate a a conversation that we can have so that we can get you that information as well. Okay, well, this is a big weekend for us here at Plum Creek, and I need to share a quick story with you. And uh, at the same time, in telling that story, I get to introduce you to our new worship pastor, which is very, very exciting. So um, 10 years ago, when we were first getting Plum Creek started, there was a super, super talented young man, single at the time, who I had known for about 10 years because his mom and dad were on staff at the church where I worked previously. And uh, I asked Craig if he would help us with our first five preview services. We were only meeting monthly uh, at the time. Some of you were there, so you'll remember that. And uh, Craig led worship for us for the first five or six months that we were, uh, that we were getting started as a church. And After that season was kind of coming to a close and we were gearing up to meet weekly, I asked Craig if he would come on staff and and lead worship for us. And 
At the time, he was, had a successful uh, business as a contractor doing finished uh, carpentry and uh, just incredibly gifted in that. He wasn't married at the time. And uh, so he said it just the timing wasn't right. About a year and a half later, after he was married and got smart, right? That's what happens when we get married. Um, he called me back and he said, hey, Doug, I really feel like the Lord is um, calling us to full-time ministry. And so if you know of anyone that's looking for a worship pastor, if you could help me with that, that'd be awesome. And so sure enough, a friend of mine was looking for a worship pastor. And so I was able to kind of do a little matchmaking there. And Craig and Lindsay uh, moved to, to Chicago and were on staff at a church in uh, Illinois. And then a couple of years after that, they moved back to Colorado and they have been on staff at Grace Community Church, but now is called Summit Church, that actually is our mother church. Uh, so uh, Craig has been part of my life for a long time. A couple of months ago, I asked our staff to call some worship pastors that they have relationship with to just ask them for their advice about how we could set up this transition as best possible. And in the conversation that Stephen was having with Craig, it became abundantly clear that Craig might be interested in this position, which really fired us all up. And then uh, Lindsay, his wife, uh, her dad, listen to this, this will blow your mind, was the guy that challenged me about 12 years ago to consider starting a church in Castle Rock. He's the first one and was very, very instrumental in the beginning stages of me kind of knowing how to do this. And who would have ever known all those years ago that it would lead to today? So will you guys do me a favor? Will you welcome uh, Pastor Craig and Lindsay as uh, they come on our platform with their kids? Hi, Lindsay. What's up, Wesley? How you doing, buddy? I like your sucker. What's up, guys? Can I have fives again? I know you're probably tired of doing this. Never. Welcome back, brother. Glad you're here. Craig, will you uh, just uh, greet the folks and, and uh, just let them introduce your family, too? That'd be awesome. Well, good morning, Plum Creek. How you guys doing? Good, good. Hey, we are, we are so excited to be a part of this, this church, this community, this, this family. And uh, we have always kind of felt apart, as Doug mentioned. We have a long history, and, and um, let me introduce you to my, my family here. This is my wife, my better 95%, I like to say. And uh, this is our oldest son, Miles. Do you want to say hi? All right. He's the shy one. This is our middle son, Cohen. Do you want to say hey? <laughs> Guess not. And this is our... This is our, uh, our, our youngest one, Wesley. He is a handful right now. You will see him causing trouble around here a lot, I'm sure. Um, so uh, we, are, we are so thrilled. And, and as Doug said, we have a long history. Doug and Beth have, have pastored us for, through many things over the last decade, many good things, many hard things that we've been through. And we love Doug and Beth so, so much. And we're so excited to be under their leadership full-time now and... Um, and we also just, Stephen, man, we are, are so grateful and honored to just follow in your footsteps and, and um, just to take this baton and, and um, thank you for all that you've done and laying such an amazing foundation. Yeah, can we, can we say thank you to Stephen? Yeah. Stephen, Stephen, why don't you come on up here? Come on up here, Stephen. It's awesome. So we are looking forward to meeting you all, maybe not today. But um, we're excited to, to get to know you better. So thanks a lot. 
So, Stephen, as we're walking through this transition, I, I've said this in each of the services, and uh, from the depth of my heart, I want to say thank you. Uh, you're an incredible friend. Uh, you're an incredible partner in ministry. Uh, you and Amber are dear, 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 and your kids are dear to Beth and I, and it's been a joy to be able to do this together. And the most exciting thing about this transition for me is that um, Steve is not going anywhere, right? He's transitioning to uh, different roles, and he's helping me as an executive pastor here at, at our church. And you guys have already had the opportunity to see what happens when Stephen's leadership is at play. You've experienced that on the weekends. And last weekend, um, what I would consider to be one of the biggest wins that we've had in a long time here at Plum Creek was this uh, sponsorship weekend with One Child Matters. And I know you guys haven't had a chance to do that yet, but you will. Um, and that is because of Stephen's leadership. Stephen has done an incredible job already um, doing that. And thank you, Stephen. I know during this, it's been a tough season of filling in lots of roles while this transition is happening, while we were praying through Craig and Lindsay getting here. And I'm just really proud of you. You've been working so hard. And so I want to give you the honor that, that you deserve for everything that you've done. Great days ahead and uh, super, super excited. So, Stephen. Yeah, so um, this, is, this is a really cool day. To, uh, to be able to, to stand here with Craig and Lindsay and the kids. And, and here's one thing that I know. Um, Craig, in his leadership, is going to take us to places we've never gone before. And um, here's something you all need to know. Um, I will be and am Craig's number one fan, so the rest of you can get in line behind me. Um, there's some really cool stuff that's going to happen. And my prayer is that God is going to bless this family and that through their leadership here at Plum Creek, um, we're going to see even greater things uh, and the best is yet to come. And it's just a really, really cool thing to be able to, to be here today and to be at this spot and to know um, that that stuff is just right ahead of us. So it's, awesome. it's awesome. So let's pray for Craig and Lindsay, and then we'll let you get on to your brunch. All right, everybody's ready for brunch. Father God, we are so um, grateful and so thankful for Craig, for Lindsay, for the kids. God, I ask today that you would just, um, God, you would just kind of blow their minds. Hmm. With your goodness, with your wisdom, God, with um, all that you have in front of them. Lord, as they um, integrate into our Plum Creek family, God, I just pray that you would just make that just super smooth and easy. God, I just ask that you would do exceedingly, abundantly above what they can even think or imagine right now. Yes, God. And um, Lord, that Plum Creek would be known as a church full of worshipers for its culture of worship hmm. and that Craig would, um, would lead us to that place. God, we thank you for all that you've done to get us to where we are. But Lord, we look forward with, with just so much anticipation for what's ahead. God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you again for the Harris's, God. May your blessings be upon them. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, congratulations. We are so excited for you, and we'd love to equip you with some resources, some next steps, and a complimentary gift. Just text the word FAITH 
to 40650. And if today you just need to talk to someone or would like to have someone pray with you, you can call our church office at 303-663-1714 and one of our pastors would be happy to spend some time with you. From everyone here at Plum Creek, have a great day.